Welcome to Life and Transition Experts Podcast, a community of professionals, entrepreneurs, and service providers committed to growing their business by serving others through life's biggest challenges, including probate, estate planning, and small business growth. Join the Life and Transition Experts Facebook group and YouTube channel for free resources, tips, and strategies to help let your light shine. Hosted by Courtney Rollins, the Durham, North Carolina probate expert. All right, let's dive headfirst into this episode. Check out this special treat from the Do REI Deals Wholesale Course. I hope you enjoy. Now let's take a look at how to determine the market value and know what to offer. Now I must say at this stage, you are not making offers. In fact, when we get to that stage of making offers, uh, we'll understand that hopefully at that point, our seller or lead uh, has been able to give us their offer and we've been able to condition them to the point where when it's time for us to present our offer, it um, it makes sense for everyone involved. But it is still important to know the market value and um, what people call MAO, the maximum allowable offer. So let's take a deeper look. It's very important to keep it simple. We are real estate marketers. At this point, we are not investors where we are analyzing the deal to the T, to, to, to the very, very end. A lot of wholesalers, a lot of folks start having creative um, uh, distractions and get into analysis paralysis by trying to know the exact amount of the market value for each uh, property, each deal. And that is not your goal. You, of course, want to know the market value uh, for your buyers and for your sellers, but you are not, do not get caught up in trying to know the exact amount. You need to have an estimate. You need to be able to know what buyers are buying for. And I'm going to repeat that. You need to know what the buyers will buy the property for, or specifically, how much, uh, yeah, how much they'll buy the property for so that you know how much they'll buy uh, your rights <laughs> to the property as a wholesaler and as someone who's assigning the property. So let's take a um, look at some of the things, some more things to consider. We are going to need to know recent comparable sales. And by recent, I mean within the last six months. That is a pretty standard across the industry the last six months. Sometimes this number shrinks. Sometimes it has to go in the last three months. In recent years, it has been a seller's market. So prices were super high. And now as the market adjusts with different factors like interest rates um, having gone up, it is adjusting and it is causing a lot of the buyers in the space to change or to change their criteria which means uh, I've had to adjust down to the last three months just to make sure I know what people are actually buying for recently. So understanding and knowing the recent comparable sales is very important. We'll share some resources uh, for you to be able to, to find that uh, in a moment. 
The after repair value is what's referred to as the ARV. And so you'll hear that quite often. You also need to know the current condition value. So the after repair value is, let's say the property is all fixed up with the nice trimmings and everything that um, traditional buyers are purchasing uh, for in that neighborhood, in that area. That's the after repair value. The actual condition, the current condition value is a different thing. How much is the property worth right now in this current condition? You also need to be considering, depending on your market, what is the possible end buyer? Is this a flipper that's going to possibly buy this? Is this a buy hold investor? Or is this a property that could go to either? In that case, how much would someone who's trying to flip or rehab and resell the property um, need the property for and at and how much uh, converse or would it be for a buy and hold investor? Another thing that's very important in understanding the market value is the actual rehab cost. Is this going to be a light, mild, or extensive full rehab? And that's going to uh, determine how much the cost is. And we have a section on rehab, how to determine the rehab as well. Uh, we'll say right now, a, what do you call it? Um, not disclaimer, but spoiler alert. It is very important that you get into as many properties as possible with uh, different contractors. And that's why it's so important to network with other real estate investors so that you can start recognizing how much rehab costs in your specific market. Um, whether it's, again, there's usually three grades, uh, a full rehab, a mild rehab, a cosmetic and then uh, some are, well, cosmetic is, is what's called lipstick. So um, knowing what those are, it comes with experience. Then, of course, knowing what your assignment fee um, is. Now, you may be asking, what is holding cost? I just see that bullet uh, there, and I want to make sure I clarify. Um, that's how much it's going to cost. That That's included in the rehab pretty much, but that's how much does is it going to cost the 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 end buyer to be able to get this property operating because that's what they're determining to decide how much they can pay for the property. So holding costs may include uh, the price of insurance that they have um, for the property during that time and uh, how much it costs to keep the utilities on. And so um, you won't get into the grains or the nitty gritties of that, but you just need to be have that in consideration. And that's usually just absorbed into the rehab costs as well. But I want to make uh, a distinction just for you to know that. Now, some of the resources you're going to use, um, it is awesome. That's why realtors are your friend. If you are a realtor or a real estate agent and you have access to the MLS, which is uh, the multiple listing service, this is going to give you the most up-to-date records based on the public records and the records um, um, that were recorded within the multiple listing service. This is great because when you start comparing the properties, you need to know um, what the most recent sales are. Another great app or awesome app there is PropStream. Um, um, it is actually gets its data from the MLS. It's a little bit slightly behind or slower um, uh, than the MLS, but it is a great resource to be able to do um, your comparings. I actually use PropStream um, to compare my properties um, if I want to go into a little bit of detail because of the simplicity and I am not a real estate agent at the time of this recording, so I don't have direct access to the MLS at this time, even though there are <laughs> ways that you can still receive or get access. Um, as we said, partnering with real um, real estate agents, other realtors, brokers, or um, there are even ways that you can pay uh, to be 
if you if you saw my video, quote unquote, a part of their team, and with that you get access to the MLS. But that again depends on the relationship and the type of real estate agent you're working with. But uh, uh, oh, but I also want to say that the MLS and prop stream these are paid ways. The last one is a way that costs you a zero. Um, it's Zillow and Redfin and the other apps that host uh, uh market. I mean, house uh, properties. You can make sure that you are clicking on or changing the filter to make sure it shows sold, sold properties. And when you look at the sold properties, uh, it will show you the recent, most comparable, um, uh, recent properties that you can compare your lead to. Now we have to compare apples to apples, um, usually about a 250 square foot range. So if you have a thousand foot property, then yes, you can look at the properties that are from 750 to about 1,250. Like many things, this is not an exact science, but it's important that you have the range. You don't want to compare a 1,000 square foot property to a 2,000 square foot property because they're just not the same. The cost of the rehab, the maintenance, all are going to be very different. The type of end buyer that's coming in there quite often can be uh, different as well. So 250 square foot range, make sure you're comparing these same beds, same baths, not how many beds or baths a property could have, but how many does it current have? The house style, uh, is it a ranch, is it a colonial? Um, you're going to keep those comparisons. And you want the age of the house to be within about a 20-year range. So there's a little more flexibility. But when was the house built? And you're going to do about a 20-year range of, of that to be able to, uh, to, to, you want the, yeah, you want to be able to be within 20 um uh, years and then within the past six months again i did speak to that earlier just wanted to remind you of that and you all you want to be able to see uh, the traditional sales or what you're going to see on there so in other words this is a more traditional buyer um seeing how much they cost they probably had acquired financing through a traditional route as opposed to a cash buyer but you also want to know what the cash buyers are selling for and i, I tell you the most important thing to me is what are cash buyers buying properties like this for when I know that I am golden, I have so much, um, uh, I know, okay, people are buying properties cash at this price. So I need to get the property lower. Keep it simple. <laughs> now, when you are looking, uh, you want to make sure you eliminate any outliers. In other words, when you look on PropStream or you're on um, another uh, resource, make sure that there aren't any uh, that, that you're comparing properties in the same uh, area. That's why the, the the radius is usually within half of mile. Now you can go lower in the more condensed area. You're going to lower that. So places like Baltimore City, I uh, use a radius of 0.25 miles, and in more I guess suburban areas like Durham or even Baltimore County, I would use 0.5 miles. But when I'm looking, I want to make sure there aren't any huge uh, roads or, or natural barriers or, or, or things that would make one property really not compare with the other property because it's a completely different situation because of those uh, uh, factors like that. So you want to make sure that you eliminate those outliers and don't include those in your comparison um, to find out what the market value is. Also, you may need to think about, is this property actually um Within the neighborhood, properties within neighborhoods, particularly the ones we're going after, that bell curve, three bed, two baths, 
they're going to be more valuable than ones that are on uh, highways or straightaways or, or, or other spaces. You can think about, again, our buyers are thinking about the end buyer, um, a consumer of that product. And it's usually a family or someone um, that uh, needs to make sure that they're um, the safety, you know, when you have children, you don't want to be on a busy road. So those are things that you need to consider. And then I take the average of the top five to get my after repair value. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Life and Transition Experts podcast. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. Also, remember to join the Life and Transition Experts Facebook group to help us continue to grow and reach others. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. <laughs>